brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Colorado Avalanche postgame coverage continues now on Denver's official home for Avs hockey. Let's go Between the Pipes with Alex Ryan-Emmy and Mark Springer. Raquel McCarr. First career, here we go. Raquel McCarr, right side circle, McCarr in. He scores! All hail Kale! And the Avalanche pack up the extra point to head home to Denver. Kale McCarr as cool as a cucumber right underneath Vasilevsky, and the Avalanche get their second win of the season, and a much-needed one at that. Kale McCarr wins it for Colorado. They beat the Tampa Bay Lightning by a final score of 4-3, to three, and have now beat Tampa the last two times that they have come into Amelie Arena. Hockey game. What a hockey game we were treated to tonight on the Altitude Radio Network. You heard it right here locally on Denver's only home for Avalanche Hockey, Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Welcome in to Between the Pipes, the fifth edition of the 2021 NHL season. I'm your host, Alex Ryan Emmy. You know me better as Raj, joined as always by the radio machine, Mark Springer, Steve Nelson doing his thing behind the glass as we wave a fond farewell to our friend Mark Bertinoli. Kale McCarr with his first shootout attempt in the NHL, converts on it, beats Andre Vasilevsky five-hole, and the Avs walk away with a hard-fought 4-3 win at Amelie Arena in Tampa Bay. Uh, This was, for all intents and purposes, a hopeful preview of the Stanley Cup Final. And if you're a hockey fan, if you like fast-paced sports, this is what you're hoping for. Games like this. Colorado versus Tampa Bay, and we got treated five games into the season. It, this thing, this game had everything, Spring. it's When you said right there that this game was, for all intents and purposes, I, I seriously thought you were going to say, and it crossed my mind, a must-win hockey game? <laughs> I know it's, uh, it's October early. 23rd, but and it wasn't. But I don't know. In a way, it kind of was must-win. Avs needed this one. It needed a point, at least, which they got. And then it was very nice. That was a fun overtime. 
uh, which saw Sam Gerrard get boarded by Steven Stamkos that did not get called. He may hear from the Department of Player Safety. Weird, weird play there. I know what Stamkos was was trying to do because Gerard kind of turns around and Stamkos is just trying to lay a hit there, but Gerard is still a good foot or two away from the boards and where, the way he hits him, it's boarding. It's boarding. I don't yeah. think he clearly Text got him one. in the back, but he's away from the boards. And you're going to send him into the boards like that. That's boarding. Um, but either way, I thought both goaltenders made some nice saves. Darcy Kemper had a, had a really good pad save on a, on what was a pass down low, uh, who is it? Sorelli down low, whoever it was for the lightning. If Kemper doesn't get a pad on that, that pass was right on target and it would have been tipped right in. It would have been game over right there. So Kemper came up big multiple times tonight. Vasilevsky did likewise for the lightning. I uh, all the big three on the top line for the Avs scored. Kale McCarr had the winner in the shootout. Braden point had a big goal. I, it was uh, Steven Stamkos scored in the third period and had a big shootout goal. Landis Gog had a big shootout goal. It was everybody. The stars were out tonight. It was fantastic to watch. Sure, the, the Stamkos hit is going to be talked about. Uh, that is a it's a pretty textbook boarding call. A lot of referees don't like to make those calls in overtime. And, you know, essentially when you have a call go against you in overtime, the game is it, it's largely over. So I, I have a feeling that's the reason why the penalty wasn't called. Gerard does turn a little bit late, but it's a, a remarkably dangerous hit. It, it's the same hit that Lannis Gog uh, laid on Kirby Doc. Similar. Pretty similar. Uh, again, I Gerard's lucky he's he's okay. Like, super lucky he's okay, and we think he is, because obviously Gerard never returned in the game or in the shootout as it went six rounds. But outside of that, what you saw today is how damn good the abs are when their top line and their top pairing is playing at the level you expect them to, right? When they're leading the play, when they're scoring, not every game do you get goals from Landis Gog, Rantanen, and McKinnon all in the same match, but you did tonight, and guess what? You got a shootout winner from Kale McCarr, so all four of your big horses stepped up today when they needed to. Darcy Kemper, you mentioned that beautiful pad save on Anthony Sorelli at the end of the game going left to right. Sorelli's not able to corral the rest of the rebound. Uh, that saves the game. The other one that he had was that beautiful paddle save as the puck gets through a screen, hits a body. Kemper reaches behind him and saves one right on the goal line there. Andre Vasilevsky had a chance to do that in the shootout on Miko Rantanen's goal. Rantanen goes from right to left, rips a snapshot off the post. It's Vasilevsky in the back. And as Andre reaches back to make that same paddle save, he drops his stick. Puck trickles over the goal line. The Avs stay alive. It was, it was a full team effort today. And that's what the Avs, that's what the Avs look like folks. When, when they play all in from top to bottom, they are as good of a hockey team as there is in the National Hockey League. Here's the thing, though, too. I don't even think that was their best. Uh, no, they I don't. They a, went one they for have, six in the power play. They have a, a whole other level. Uh, you know, they, they got outshot tonight, 32 to 27, uh, and, and it was more like 23-15 until we got into the latter stages of the game when kind of all hell started breaking loose, and especially in overtime when it's three on three. So... Yeah, I mean, I, I I see even more out there for the Avs to uh, for for a higher level for them to play at, and this is a Lightning team that is you know without Nikita Kucherov, and they've 
you know, had a modest start to the season of their own. So it's only fitting that this game would go to overtime tonight. A couple of kind of underachieving teams to start the season. But yeah, I mean, it, finally, you know, McKinnon has a couple games under his belt. Landis Gog, two games back from the suspension. Kale McCarr didn't play in the preseason. So now everyone's starting to get their their feet under them and it's starting to feel a little bit more natural. And this did feel like an Avs game. And it's funny, Guru, on our on our Twitch chat. Again, you can watch the show, twitch.tv slash Altitude SR. You can text us on the Shop Automotive text line at 30933. And as always, you can call the program at 303-504-0925 as we broadcast live from the Michelob Ultra Studios high above Colorado Boulevard. Uh, Guru does say... You know, they choked away a third period lead, which is something that the Avs have been prone to do over the last couple of seasons. Um, what we do like to see them do is come away with that extra point, right? You had to find a way to win this game and give yourselves the opportunity to come back home to Ball Arena on Tuesday in a revenge game against Vegas to get back up to 500. Both of those teams, Vegas and Colorado, struggling on the power play, struggling on the penalty kill. I thought the power play started to get their wheels rolling a little bit as the game went on, right? They started off, you know, one opportunity, two missed shots on the first power play early on in the game, and then it sputtered for the middle part. But power plays five and six showed up, and obviously you have the screamer of a one-timer from McCarr to McKinnon. When the power play shows up, and it, it, it will, Bednar said it in his post-game presser, he's not worried about the power play. I have been for a couple of years. They get really hot and really cold. They're a very streaky power play team. If they can get a little bit of consistency, that's what I'm going to be happier with Ray Bennett's power play units. Um, but when you like to see Kale or Nathan McKinnon score those types of goals, it, it gives you a little bit of confidence moving forward. Well, there was at least one Miko Rantanen one timer on the right side on the power play that was, uh, you know, great save from Vasilevsky. Was the one where Miko hit the post on the far side? Was that on the power play as well? I can't remember, but uh, yes, it was. I yeah, think it was it at was. the end of the power play when he went against the green. Yeah, they had their chances, and then you know Nathan McKinnon scores right off of a faceoff win. Uh, Good to see him back. You know, he's third game back now, and that's a simple play. Who won the faceoff on that play? Was that Landis Gog? Landis Gog. Yeah, and Landis Gog was great on the faceoff circle tonight. He won 10, lost 5, so 10 of 15. 67%. And I'm good at math. You know, easy right there. You you win the faceoff, get it to McCarr at the point. McKinnon slides into his, his spot on the left side, and, man, he unleashes a rocket, and he was very pleased with himself after that it's it's that simple when Nathan McKinnon is back and he's in rhythm McKinnon held without a shot on goal last game he has three tonight one goal two assists for three points and this was a top line that uh, over the past two three games you saw minus threes minus fours minus fives next to their name combined tonight those top three forwards were a plus six uh, you needed to have that type of performance against an elite team like Tampa Bay on the road when you're not playing your best. You're not really gelled right now. What I did like to see outside of the, the headlines, right? The headline tonight is is top unit scores three goals. McCarr ends in overtime and Kemper steps up when he's needed to, right? Those are the big headlines and subheaders. I know it probably wouldn't fit on the top of the Denver Post. That's why I'm not a newspaper editor. I digress. What I really liked to see tonight the Jost, Comfer, and Darren Helm combination was excellent. JT Comfer's been great this season. JT Comfer has been fantastic. And this time last year, 
you know, he was one of just a couple abs who we were a little critical of, right? You know, this guy's got to step it up. He's, you know, under contract for a few more years, making 3.5. Like you gotta, you gotta be better. And he got it going towards the end of last season and he's kept it going to start this season. Uh, had another good shorthanded play, you know, for, you know, for the lack of power play scoring tonight, ultimately one out of six, you know, the lightning were over three on their power plays, you know, JT Comfort has been good on the PK and he got the shorthanded goal. Uh, the last show I did against the capitals and tonight he had another nice play where he, where he almost fed Darren Helm for a shorthanded goal. So JT Comfort, you know, he's also posting up right by the net. It's like, he's taking a page out of Gabe Landis Gog's book. He's been very effective, just hovering around the net and trying to tip pucks in, uh, so it's good to see JT Confort playing well. Outside of those three players, Logan O'Connor continues to amaze. $1.05 million average annual value through 2025. Five games into the season, it already looks like it's a joke of a steal. Like that guy, that guy can play on any line, any line, any day for me. Nobody knows who he is. Like I, I'm sure people in the league do. But no casual fan knows who Logan O'Connor is. He's the best four checker on the team, and it's not he's, close. He, he's fast. He and he goes hard. Like, I know he only plays fourteen minutes a night. Like he's not a guy who's going to score show up on the score sheet. Logan O'Connor may score uh, six goals, seven goals this year, right? He, he may not even hit that number. But the things that he does that don't show up on the score sheet in terms of giving really solid minutes in the offensive zone to give your top six forwards a little bit of a rest, that goes a long way into winning hockey games like this. That goes a long way into making sure that when you're playing a three-on-three overtime against a team like Tampa, that your top dogs have the legs to stay out there and you don't have any defensive breakdowns, right? That's that's what you need to do. He's not going to show up on the score sheet every night. He's not going to show up on the score sheet most nights. But what he does is integral to this to the success of this team. Did you I, men, did you mention Darren Helm? I I uh in passing, but yeah. I, I've loved his he's play. I know he's dashed two tonight, but he had four shots on goal. I ninety percent of the goaltenders in this league don't save the shot, don't save the the shorthanded opportunity that Comfort I wouldn't say he feathers it because it was a chunky sauce, but it ends up on the stick of Helm. Most goalies in this league don't make that save. Vasilevsky does. Sure. Yeah, and Darren Helm, he's doing a good job on the PK as well. Again, the Lightning over three on the power play tonight. So, you know, yeah, the Avs had been struggling, but now the guys are back and they do finally get that power play goal. A big one, it turns out. You know, the the, the goal that Braden Point scores uh, to tie it at three and uh, John Cooper and the Lightning, they just pulled Vasilevsky and uh, I was going to say Grubauer. Uh, Kemper gets screened massively in front of Ned. So not much you can do there. And Braden points a hell of a player. Yeah. Corey Perry stands his big frame in front of Philip. Now I got you. You got me. You got me thinking. Philip Grubauer is playing right now, by the way, zero, zero, three minutes to go in the opening period, the inaugural period up at climate pledge arena in Seattle between the Vancouver Canucks and Seattle crack and it's zero, zero right now. But Darcy Kemper can't get around the Corey Perry's Corey Perry, man. Two years ago, if you told me Corey Perry was still in the league and playing on top power play units, I would have told you you were crazy. Dude, two years ago. he goes to Montreal and shows up. Two years ago, I was saying, hey, if the Avs are looking for a third or fourth line depth, bring in Corey Perry. And I had people like Mark Mosier being like, no, 
You no, can't skate anymore. We can't have Corey Perry Listen, on this team. I was probably one of those guys. Like, Worm can still play. He was great in Montreal last year. Gets them to a Stanley Cup final when they get beat by Tampa pretty handily. It was a Cinderella story, but Montreal, on the other hand, does get their first win. They hammer, absolutely hammer the Detroit Red Wings, scoring, I believe, was it six unanswered goals in that hockey, or in that hockey game? Yes, yeah, six unanswered goals in that game after Dylan Larkin scored just five minutes into the contest, but... Perry finds his his way onto a two-year contract with Tampa, and he was an issue tonight. Like he almost scored early on, right? There was, that, there was that little backdoor play on an early power play for Tampa that JT Confer on a panic play comes down and gets a stick on and saves a goal. And that could have that could have changed the momentum really early in that game where, you know, the Avs were playing well. They were carrying the five on five play. And then, oh, damn, like now we're down one nothing. Woe is us. We're going to lose another one. It's a big play from Comfort to stuff Perry on the doorstep. I had Moj be like, his knees are dead. His knees are dead. Dude, Worm can still play. Worm can play. We're going to take you guys he's up He's on until- their top. Well, actually, he's not getting top line minutes, but he goes out there with them. He got top line minutes uh, last game for Tampa, but he'll he'll mix in here and there. And again, it's early, so those those older legs still have and some Kucherov's juice. And Kucherov's out. I mean, that's big for Tampa. Well, he's out most of last season, and they still want to cut. We're going to take you guys up until 930 tonight right here on 92.5 Worldwide on the Altitude Sports Radio mobile app. Download it on your iOS or Android device today. Raj Spring, Steve Nelson, Between the Pipes comes back in three minutes. You're listening to Between the Pipes. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 Colorado Avalanche postgame show. They win the draw here. Kale McCarr in the deep slot. McKinnon, one-timer. He scores! The Mac attack is back, Jack. McKinnon with an absolute rocket from the near side circle. Beats Andre Vasilevsky. And there's the power play. It's up and running. And Colorado has regained the lead. A three-point night for Nathan McKinnon. As he continues to be a terror for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Abs three, Tampa two. Halfway through the third period. And McCarr will get his second assist of the night. And I don't care if you're any of the Avengers. Nobody is making that save as Nathan McKinnon let an absolute rifle go high stick side on Vasilevsky. It was perfect. Nathan McKinnon, his first goal of the young season, a power play one-time bomb. Nine minutes and 50 seconds into the third period of play. That would give the Avs a 3-2 lead. They would relinquish it as Tampa pulled the netminder with two minutes and 35 seconds to go in the game. Braden Point ties it up at three, a seeing-eye shot. It's an elite shot from an elite player uh, on a six-on-five opportunity. Kemper didn't really have the opportunity to make the save, although he does get beat to the blocker side yet again. So if we're seeing a little bit of a of a weak point in Kemper's game, it might be that blocker. He got beat on it twice in the shootout as well uh, by, by Steven Stamkos, namely, on that third opportunity. So what I saw out of this game spring, Nathan McKinnon turned this game and took it over himself. The two-on-one goal that Rantanen scores at the end of the or middle of the second period, I believe there was like, what, nine minutes or so, uh, probably eight and change left in that second period when Rantanen scores his third. It's this beautiful little chip play that he has off the wall from uh, Gabriel Landeskog. What McKinnon does is recognizes who's in front of him in that situation. 
It wasn't a defenseman. It was Braden Point. And as damn good as Braden Point is, he's not going to be able to defend one of the top two, top three players on the planet coming at him with full speed. Chips a puck around the boards, around Point, and goes off to the races. And what the elite play here is that on the two-on-one, he takes a little bit off the pass. And it looks like he almost misses the pass because it's so slow moving across the ice. And if he zips this pass over to Rantanen, I don't think it gets there. So he takes a little bit off the pass, and Rantanen fires home the one-timer on the ice. It beats Vasilevsky five-hole. And what you and I were saying when we were watching the game, if Miko hits that properly and elevates the puck, Vasilevsky probably makes the save. Yeah, it's probably a miss hit from Miko. You'd have to ask him, but it looked like it. It looked like he was. It looked, prop- like, it looked like he got a lot of it, but he didn't elevate. So I agree. I think he. I, yeah, I don't I, think he hit it perfectly. I, I I don't think that was his intention, but it works out because Vasilevsky is anticipating that he needs to stretch out with the glove because Miko's going to go yep. short side, you know, to his right to Vasilevsky's left. Miko's sweet spot, you know, uh, where he scored his. Uh, uh, where he's been scoring all his goals recently, uh, you know, on the one-timers where he got robbed later in the game by Vasilevsky. Uh, but he mishits it, and it goes five-hole because Vasilevsky is stretching out and leaves the groin open. You don't want to do that. That was the place that you can beat Vasilevsky. Right? He's a big net minder. He's nearly six foot four. He's 230 pounds. He takes that up much a lot butt. of butt. <laughs> yes, he does have that much butt to take up that much of the six-by-four net opening. You can beat him side-to-side low. And that's how Makar scored his, his, his shootout winner is Vasilevsky drops down, thinks that Makar is going to go across the crease and drops the paddle down, and he's able to beat him through the wickets yet again to end the game. That's the place that you can beat big goaltenders like that, is beating them down low as they're moving side to side. He did make a great save in the overtime opportunity doing something like that against Rantanen, right? That was that beautiful play where McKinnon gets the puck on the blue line, goes wide, zips the puck across to take advantage of Braden Point being the defenseman again, and Rantanen catches the puck and one times it across his body. Vasilevsky makes that save. But that's the that's the one thing that it kind of makes me think. Maybe Rantanen is looking to score lower this year and take the chances of missing the net out of you know out of the equation, right? Because he tried to go low again. Maybe he had to because of how fast the pass was moving, but he did try to go low in the overtime period. One thing uh, that stands out to me about the three Avs goals tonight is they're all simple plays that happened really within you know moments of the creation of these plays. The Landeskog opening goal is just Byram dumping a puck in, and then... Uh, I, it might've been McDonough somebody from the lightning misses the puck down in the corner. So it goes over to McKinnon who sees Landis God cut towards then is just like, okay, I'll feed it towards that. And Landis God tips it in. It was just dump in lightning player misses the puck McKinnon to the center of the net goal. I mean, we just talked about the Ranton in goal in the second period. They made it two one abs. It's a breakout from McKinnon over to Rantanen. Everything you talked about, but it was it's simple, right? The McKinnon power play goal is a faceoff win on the power play uh, over to McKinnon for a slap shot. I did, did so. It's good. They they're executing simple plays. Right. There was a lack of extended zone time for the Abs tonight. Though. Yet again, and so that'll come. 
You got to think that that'll come. But at least they executed in the moments that they needed to. They made plays, and they that was the only way they were going to win tonight. Somebody's got to go make a play, and they did. They certainly did. Uh, we have a goal, the first goal at home for the Seattle Kraken with 3.5 seconds left on the first period clock. Vince Dunn scores over the outstretched glove of Thatcher Demko. Before we hit a break, Devin has been waiting patiently on hold. Devin, you're on Between the Pipes with Raj and Spring. Hey, Roger Spring. Thank you, guys. It's always good to talk to you guys after a game. Good to have you on, Devin. Yeah. Uh, just one thing I think is right now is uh, I love I loved the fight that we had. They showed like they finally had their legs underneath them. Um, and I think McKinnon's just getting started, and he needed that one big goal to get him going. I think he got it tonight. But I think the Achilles heel right now, and we're seeing that with uh, missing Devontae's, is uh, just having that shut down defense when we have that mm-hmm. lead, you know, because I think uh, Devon, he just can shut people down. And right now our D's got to step up. we got to find somebody that will uh, be, be the guy to shut him down uh, when we have that lead to prevent these uh, late uh, game comebacks. Yeah, Devon Taves is an elite defender, and they're missing him, certainly. He practiced without a non-contact jersey today, Devin, so I would assume he may be back Tuesday at home against Vegas. Thanks for waiting on hold. We appreciate the call. Um, he is a defenseman that makes the McCarr pairing one of, if not the best, in the league. He's physical. He's shut down. He does have a little bit of offensive game to him as well, being the quarterback of that number two power play with Sam Girard. They're missing him, certainly. What I saw someone step, or who I saw step up tonight, in place of Devon Taves, in place of that physicality, Bowen Byram. Yeah. That dude is not afraid of anyone on the ice. He steps up right up to Chernak, doesn't give a damn about who he's going into. He's throwing his body all over the place. He's throwing guys out in front of the crease. He's not the biggest guy in the world. He's certainly not the smallest. And we've all known Bowen Byron, right? He's supposed to be the next uh, great offensive defenseman for the Avs. He looks like he's more of a a complete all-around D-man than a lot of people have given him credit for. Yeah, he was getting into it with uh, a couple of tussles tonight. And and one, his helmet came off and... Uh, the locks were flowing and he constantly was swooping his hair back, looking like a Greek God out there. So yeah, he's not afraid to mix it up and, and he's, he's seems very comfortable doing so. We'll keep it rolling here. Take our second time out between the pipes, Raj spring altitude sports radio, 92, five back in three. You're listening to between the pipes altitude sports radio, 92, five Colorado avalanche postgame show. Bowen Byron plays a check down low. Wraparound try. Never completed. Off the wall. Sent towards the net. Bouncing puck. Oh, and Kemper reaches back to make a save. Loose puck. It's a snow angel, and Kemper keeps it out. It was tipped in front. The puck was laying behind Darcy Kemper in the blue paint. And he reached back across the threshold and kept that puck from going in. Bow to the Kemperer. We are not worthy. 
Well, Darcy Kemper did his best to keep the under in check on tonight's game. It didn't quite hit. Seven goals scored in total. Uh, the final one being a tally on the shootout from Kale McCarr. In our game, the Avs win 4-3 down in Tampa Bay over the back-to-back -back Stanley Cup winning champion Lightning. Welcome back to Between the Pipes as we take you to 9.30 late here on a Saturday evening. Raj Spring, Steve Nelson hanging with you guys. That save made with four minutes and 31 seconds to to go on Aust or on Chernak. Anthony Sorelli was on the doorstep. Braden Point was on the doorstep as well as Darcy Kemper reaches back with his blocker side and his paddle, pulls the puck off the goal line and freezes it for what would be an extra, you know, two minutes of a lead before Point sends the game to overtime. We play a five on or a five minute three on three fast-paced, exciting version of overtime hockey in the regular season. And then the Avs go to an extra round shootout with Kale McCarr finalizing the win. They have a chance to go back to 500 on Tuesday evening, a 6 p.m. Mountain Time puck drop from Ball Arena. You can watch that game on ESPN proper. You can listen to it right here on Altitude Sports Radio 92.5 with a 5.30 points bet pregame hosted by our very own Mark Bertinoli. Let's go through the scores tonight. 13 games on the NHL slate, including the first one from Seattle in 97 years as the Kraken open up Climate Pledge Arena. A spring, the over-under tonight on goals scored in the National Hockey League was 59 and a half. Hmm. There's still a couple of games going on as we speak between the Islanders and Coyotes and the Canucks and the Kraken. Would you care to guess how many goals have been scored this evening? Well, you were just adding them up. And I mean, obviously, you know, I've been looking at the scoreboard and uh, it's quite a lot, quite a few. 73 goals thus far scored. So the over hits emphatically, emphatically. Uh, speaking of which, start off with a 10-goal game. The Blues improved to 4-0-0 on the year. 7-3 winners over the Los Angeles Kings. The Rangers score three goals in six minutes to end the game in regulation after trailing the Senators 2-0 for the majority of that game. Barclay Goudreau with a beautiful tip goal. Two minutes and three seconds to go in regulation as the Blue Shirts improved to 4-1-1. The Flames get an overtime winner. A hat-trick from Lindholm and uh, a beautiful pass there from uh, Johnny Goudreau as he as he commonly referred to as Johnny Hockey. We, we tried to take that moniker away from him and give it to Andre Burakovsky, who's been uh, a little ghostly thus far this season. But the Flames beat the Capitals 4-3. Alexander Ovechkin scores his fifth goal of the season. The Wild 4-3 overtime winners. They also improved to 4-0-0 on the year. Ryan Hartman, a gorgeous goal with 13 seconds to go. Beautiful snipe tonight to beat the Ducks. The Jets 6-4 winners over the Predators who fall to 1-4. The Canadiens finally get off the schneid. Uh, at Centre Bell, six unanswered goals against Dylan Larkin and the Red Wings skating to a 6-1 final. Overtime winners for the Devils over the Sabres. Uh, I believe it was Zaka who scores the goal in the overtime period for a 2-1 win there for New Jersey. The Panthers, 5-0-0. Are they the best team in Florida? Might be. They double up the Philadelphia Flyers 4-2. And uh, while well, the dumpster fire that are the Tampa or the Toronto Maple Leafs, 7-1, 7-1 on the road against the Malkinless and the Crosbyless and the Latangless 
Pittsburgh Penguins, who are undefeated in regulation 3-0-2. The Maple Leafs get absolutely pounded tonight in our final big score. Another over hits. The Hurricanes remain undefeated at 4-0-0 with a 5-1 victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Let me ask you this. Who's the best team in the NHL right now? Might be Florida. Might be Florida. Okay. But there's a lot of really good ones right now. If Florida is the best team in the NHL, and they're a good team, they just beat the Avs, then that means that there is not a true great team in this league right now. There may be a handful of elite teams. I think there's a I think there's a a smattering of about four to five teams that can be considered the top of the pack. And then you have a really, really big middle. And then only a couple of teams fill, filling up the rear with like, you know, eventually it's going to be Buffalo. But right now it's Montreal. I mean, even these elite teams you speak of, and I can imagine who you would say they are. I'm sure that the abs are in there, but the, ga- the gap from the quote unquote elite to the quote unquote middle of the pack is slim. It's slim. There's a lot of teams who can win the cup this season. I there there certainly are certainly are really damn good teams in the league right now. Uh, I'm all in on the Panthers. I love Joel Quenville as their coach. I love their goaltending situation. If Sergei Bobrovsky can bounce back to his form that he showed in Columbus, the Penguins being three zero and two without their two best players and Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby is something uh, that's pretty scary. Uh, Freddie Anderson's been playing very well for the Carolina Hurricanes, who may be the best defensive club in the league, led by Colorado's very own Jacob Slavin at the top of that defensive core, even losing Dougie Hamilton to the New Jersey Devils this year. I think they're in that top core. I don't think Minnesota's there, regardless of them being 4-0-0 to start the year. But if you're going to ask me who my my best teams in the league right now, I'm still going to say Florida, Tampa, Colorado. I don't know if I'm sold on Vegas and Robin Leonard, but they're still such a damn good playoff team that I can't obviously write them off this early. And I don't know if I believe in Pittsburgh. I really don't. I can't trust their goaltending. But I can trust Sidney Crosby. I so, yeah, maybe he got me. Maybe he got me. Maybe it's just a big conglomeration of 15 teams and who the hell is going to come out. I think that that Blues 7-3 win over the Kings is pretty impressive tonight. And it's funny because, you know, the Avs, man, they could have won that Blues game the other night. And I like this Blues team. I think they're, I don't, I don't know where I'll, I, I'm not necessarily going to say elite middle of the pack, but the, I'll put the Blues up there. I think the Blues are good. I think the Avs are there too. Um so if the if the abs it's just so it's so muddied it's so muddied right now yeah the nhl is the best parody we'll in see the, if the panthers the can keep this up i'm not sold oh i am i'm Dude, not they're so freaking good they were sold. an Aaron Eckblad injury away from being the team to beat in the east last year and i'm convinced of that All right. uh, let's head out to the phone line shannon's been waiting on hold shan you're on with raj and spring on between the pipes gentlemen it is so good to hear your guys voices after an avalanche win so Let's get right to it. You saw the best team in hockey tonight. I don't care about the discussion I just heard. (laughs) The Avs are the best team in hockey. Any other team in front of them on the ice tonight, let's be honest, that the lightning goalie was standing on his head and there were shots that no other goalie in the league is going to stop. This team gets healthy. They get 20 games underneath their belt. They are going to be the train that nobody wants to stand in front of. It is simple as it gets. They have a mission. They have an attitude. They're playing with a different attitude. You could see it tonight with McKinnon. 
You could see it tonight with Randon. You could see it on that top line. But that second line, oh, my God. And then you throw in that third line with Jost, incredible. But the fact that you've got McCarr that steps up and has never, ever done a shootout before and beats that goalie and beat him badly shows you that this team is ready to rock and roll. You give it 20 games, we'll have this discussion again about who's the best team in hockey, and we're not talking about St. Louis. We're not talking about Florida. We're not talking about Tampa Bay. We're not talking about Boston. And as for Vegas and Minnesota, come on, who gives a crap about those two teams? We live in Denver, Colorado. Those are the two teams that we want to see beat each other up and beat each other down. And I'd love to see those two play each other in the first round just to beat the crap out of each other. So when we get them in the second round, there is no competition. But tonight, the Avs proved that they are the best team in hockey. No, no questions. No discussions. They are who they are. You guys have a great night. I'll call you on game 20, and we'll have this discussion again when the Avs are 15-5. and five. My guy, my guy. I, I that look, the oh F- boy. Do you need someone to give you a locker room speech before a game? Call Shannon. The F might be 15 and five. I wouldn't put it past them. Can, can we they, put that on? He makes good points. They have all the tools to be that team. And and I, I do like what he says about McKinnon and Rantanen and, and Landeskog having that type of fire and and throwing. Or sure, are they illegal checks? But yeah, that's that's a check that the Avs don't throw over the last couple of years is the hit on Kirby Doc. I'm not saying that they should continue to board guys, but it, it's a different type of mentality this year. Maybe losing three straight and looking as lost as they did at home against St. Louis could have been a good thing, right? You get the locker room together and say, Hey fellas, like, listen, we, we know we were a damn good team last year, but we fell short. Like we, we didn't walk away with any hardware other than a president's trophy. And that's not the ring or the trophy that we want to lift at the end of the season. Maybe it's the best thing for them to have to look in the mirror early on and say, Hey, listen, if you want to be the number one team in the league, you got to put in the work every single night. I just want to be a little realistic here. Like I like this team. I just think the league is tough. Do I, do I think the abs are the best team? Yes, but it's close. Yeah. It's I'm not close. saying it's not a runaway. Um, I was about to say they're not the chiefs, but the chiefs haven't been the chiefs this year. They are two and three. That's a fact. They are two and three. Um, but yeah, the Sabres are three and one. Could the Avs go on a run coming up here and get to 15 and five like Shannon predicted? Yeah, I wouldn't put it past them. You got to beat Vegas on Tuesday simply because uh, no Mark Stone, no Max Pacioretty, obviously no Alex Tuck, who's going to be out damn near the entire season. Uh, Alec Martinez just got hurt. The Edmonton Oilers, who don't play defense, just went into Vegas and won 5-3. This one will be at Ball Arena. Connor McDavid is going to score 200 points. You got to beat Vegas. Um, He's a freak. And then the Avs will, mutant. and then the Avs will get themselves back to three and three, and they'll go to St. Louis to play a really good Blues team. Yes. I think the Avs are better than the Blues. I do, and I was so encouraged by that third period they had against the Blues, even though they lost that game. The Blues are not that great, but they're pretty good, and the Avs are pretty good. So if you get to three and three, obviously let's get to Vegas first. But hopefully they're three and three going into that Blues game, and that's the prove it game in St. Louis. But you got to beat Vegas first. One's a fluke, two's a streak, and, uh, well, three might prove it, just like Mark Springer said. Before we hit a break, let's hit Taylor, who is at the game. Back-to-back Florida games, Taylor. How was it? 
Uh, it was great. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but there's a brewery down here in, in Tampa called uh, Cigar City Brewery, and they brew this great beer called High Alive Beer. And after about six or seven of those tonight at Amelie Arena, I had to call in and just say that anybody who doubted Darcy Kemper can get the heck out of here. Uh, after three games, I mean, let's look at Darcy Kemper after three games. The first game, he was outstanding against Chicago. The second game, the Az are missing McKinnon, uh, Landeskog, Caves, everybody. And the third game against the Capitals, the team played like garbage in front of them. So anybody who thought that Grubauer, you know, should have stayed or were it's a downgrade to get Kemper over Grubauer, is, I mean, you're just way off base. Kemper was outstanding tonight, and he's one of the reasons they won the game. They got outshot by the Lightning tonight. Uh, second thing, you know, Florida is definitely the best team in, uh, in Florida, in the state. Panthers are, are better than Lightning this year, and uh, they'll prove it, you know, as the season goes along. Third thing, uh, Avs are gonna they're gonna roll starting tonight, and uh, they're gonna get Taves back for the Vegas game on Tuesday, and uh, it's gonna start a winning streak, and everyone's gonna forget about Washington, they're gonna forget about Florida, they're gonna forget about St. Louis, and uh, it's gonna be back to normal. So go Avs. Appreciate the call, Taylor. Go have a couple more highlights. The guy is drunk. Do they call it a highlight because it's deadly? Right? Isn't that the most deadly sport in the world? I read that once upon a time when I was like in middle school. Is that still a thing? Someone look it up for me. I'm almost positive highlight is like the most deadly sport on the planet. Outside of, you know, chumming the waters with your own body and going great white shark <laughs> diving, but that's not a sport. I'm making things up at this point. I, 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 uh, after a quick Google search, it is known as the fastest sport on the planet, and it is extremely dangerous, often resulting in horrific injuries and deaths from head injuries. Taylor, I've be never, careful I've never with the highlight. It's called highlight. Oh, you, you, you've, Hi, seen, you've it. seen it. It's it, highlight is it's very, very popular in the Middle East. It's got you, you play. It's got a, a very hard ball. These large, like scimitar looking. Uh, I, I don't even know what to call them. You hold it with the handle and you sling the ball uh, out of this highlight. I'm not going to pretend to know it, but it does look like a scimitar. Um, we're going to leave this here before we get too damn far off the rails. Take our final break. We're taking you guys up until 930. Raj Spring Between the Pipes comes back after these messages. You're listening to Between the Pipes. Altitude Sports Radio 92.5. Colorado Avalanche Postgame Show. On Between the Pipes, you uh, learn a little bit about everything, not just hockey. We learn that the device used in the sport of high lie is called a SESTA. A SESTA, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, between the the SESTAs, is that the new name of the show, Nelly? I, I think it is. Raj, Spring taking guys up until 9.30. Avs win. They get back on track. They beat the back-to-back defending Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning 4-3 in the shootout. Kale McCarr is your game winner. Goals from each player on the top line. Landis Skog, McKinnon, Rantanen. We saw firepower. Goals from Stamkos and Point. Beautiful saves from Andre Vasilevsky. Game-saving stops from Darcy Kemper. And the Avs come out on top. Any last thoughts, points on the game before we get out of here, Spring? Um, I guess my last thoughts, and I wasn't even necessarily going to bring this up, but since you mentioned Kale McCarr's game winner there, and he's not one for one in his shootout career. And I wasn't surprised at all by the order. It went McKinnon one who missed. Then Miko scored as the second shooter. And I was not surprised. I, I predicted my thought was, okay, it's going to be Burakovsky third. And that's who it was. Then I, then I was thinking, okay, maybe this is where you go with Kale. And I was even thinking Kale third. But they went with Burakovsky, which wasn't surprising because he can snipe. 
Then they went with Kadri, who missed. Burkowski missed as well, by the way. And then McCarr scored. My point is, I think going forward, it should go McKinnon, Ranson in. Oh, I've, Landeskog did score in there, but McCarr should be third. You should go McCarr third. That's what I would do. He looked natural in the shootout. I know he's a defenseman. Guess what? Victor Hedman shot first for the Lightning. Oh, yeah. What a move. <laughs> Darcy Kemper's jock was in the rafters after that. It was gorgeous. What I, a move from Victor Hedman. You should go McKinnon, Ranton, and McCarr. Then you can go Landeskog. You guys know how much I like Victor Hedman. He's damn good. Uh, Avs win for three. They'll play on Tuesday evening, 6 p.m. Puck drop, 4 or 5.30 pregame. You can watch the game on ESPN. Go to the game at Ball Arena and cheer on your abs. Uh, congratulations. You heard over on our sister station, the Colorado Rapids, 2-0 winners over the Portland Timbers, and they've clinched a spot in the MLS Cup playoffs. And you heard it on 9.50 a.m. We appreciate it. Cause my partner, Radio Machine Mark Springer. For Steve Nelson doing double duty behind the glass site, my guy, love you very much. My name is Alex Ryanami. The next time you will hear us will be Tuesday evening after the Avs hopefully get back to 500 against the hated Vegas Golden Knights. Fox Sports Radio is coming up next. With Alex Ryan Emmy and Mark Springer on Denver's official home for Avs hockey, Altitude Sports Radio. Sound the horn! 92.5.